Hello and welcome to this next Fireside Chat. I'm Anthony Smith, Chief Economist here at Freight Waves, and I have the honor and the privilege to be joined by two who are no strangers to Freight Waves at all, and really some industry experts that because we have to talk about a trend that has happened over the last few years. I'm joined by Michael Caney of Highway and, of course, Rishi Daigle of Tive. So thank you both so much for joining us. And gentlemen, we have quite a bit to talk about. So starting it off, of course, we're looking at the economic times. This has been a rough freight environment. It's been a rough macroeconomic environment, if you don't look at the GDP. But you've seen, of course, inflation. You've seen slowing and easing, in a sense, in the labor market. And that can kind of lead to a little bit more theft. Richie, you kind of go into how this is starting to impact the freight market. Yeah, and I think it's it's not just a little bit more theft. Uh, there's reports that theft is up uh, like as much as 600% year over year. Um, and it's not just theft as well. It's just overall security, you know, um, transloading and uh, turning reefer units off. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on today more than it has arguably ever before. And I, I think we're seeing, like you, like you hinted at, the economic uh, situation and the environment that's leading to this with, you know, freight rates that are relatively low or quite low, as some would say, uh, combined with the cost of living that's going up. I think a lot of people are trying to find creative ways to, to make a buck. Um, and sometimes that's breaking a lot of rules, whether they feel like it's justified or if it's just outright theft. Um, so I think security and freight security is something that's top of mind for a lot of people. And, um, you know, yesterday's tools are, are not maybe not the best thing for today's problems. And so, yeah, that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. And one of the other big areas is, is that you need some type of way to vet what's going on. You need a way to really be able to get an idea of having trusted resources at your disposal. And so looking over here at Michael Caney, Highway has made some waves over the past year or so here. Can you tell us a little bit about your aspect or your perspective looking at the market, especially from double brokering as that has continued to be a thorn in the industry side? Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. So um, it's like, the band back together like that last scene and can't hardly wait when the band gets back together like that's kind of what this feels like um so richie's right there's a lot there's a lot that we just looked the other way on for many years like we were fine letting people double broker as long as it got there like there's a lot of like the highway kind of we call it the wink wink like it's fine it'll be okay we'll just let it go and you're right the 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 downturn in freight has made it to where to make as much money you have to break bad even more. Like you have to do really bad things. You can't just double broker because to make the same amount of money, you have to keep all the money. You can't pay the underlying motor carrier. You have to hold the freight hostage. So like there was industries, like like entire companies created in the freight boom around operating in gray areas. So ultimately what happens when you when you end up with an environment like ours is trust erodes. So when you think about what a freight broker does when interacting with any vendor, a motor carrier, anybody else, the fundamental issue is a lack of trust. Like, I don't trust you. Who are you coming to my website? So many bad things have happened. I've had so much fraud, so much double brokering. I can't trust who you say you are and what you do. When you inject a lack of trust into a system, you have tons of trust taxes that you pay. 
right? And so there's a couple things that happen. One, you just, you can't trust. And so you, you, you develop these very erratic and reactionary policies, right? And the other thing you do is you try to train these people to keep up with these erratic and reactionary policies. And you can't do it. Like you can't train people fast enough to keep up with the attack vectors. So what we've done is we've said, look, we have to be able to prove three things about a motor carrier for a freight broker. Number one, who's the human being that's going to a broker's website to create a digital session? There's a lot that goes into answering that question. The second thing, is they actually a legitimate motor carrier? Are they a dispatch service? Are they a chameleon carrier? Are they a double broker holding 100 MC numbers that they're just cycling through? Then the third piece, and this is really important, what we'll talk about, Richie, is do they actually have equipment? And if they're representing that they have equipment, can we verify it? And do they have control of that equipment? If you can't prove those three things, you can't work with a highway freight broker. And so I think when we're looking at that, one of the other areas that you kind of hinted towards is really what you do about it. So there needs to be that, that type of redundancy. But Michael, sticking with you real quick, a lot of times the solution for some people are just going to be increased costs across the board. And that's not the correct answer for it. You think, okay, I'm spending more money, spending more money across the board, but are you really finding a solution? Yeah, you're 100% correct. So when you, when you apply... And look, we say this, we joke about this at Highway, like KYC, know your customer, KYB, like it's existed for a long time. Like every bank and factoring company in this room does it. When you introduce those, those principles into your business, your cost actually goes down. Like your cost of onboarding a vendor goes down. Your ability to re, re-engage with a carrier on a regular basis goes up. So you're pulling costs out that way. Your overall loss ratio improves. Your insurance company's happier. Your factoring company's happier. Like everything gets better. Right, but it has to be automated. Like, here's what we're seeing: the attack vectors change almost weekly. Like, brokers are are under more attack from bad actors than they ever have been. I've been in this 20 years; it's never been this way. And the attack vectors change almost weekly. So, if you don't have a provider that you're working with that's operating less like an onboarding solution and more like a cybersecurity solution, you can't keep up, right? And so, your costs are going to go up because you're just you're just going to do things because you don't know what else to do. And, and then, of course, that cost gets passed along. And so, Richie, we're looking at the solutions. What can you do? What can be done? You need redundancy, just like you said. Like Everyone's talking about building for resilience. I want to have a resilient system. I want to have a resilient operation. Well, you need redundancy to achieve that. And so utilizing something like Highway is great for that first layer to filter out as many bad actors as possible. And then you need, I mean, tracking an actual truck or a trailer just isn't enough these days, especially if you have high value freight that's sensitive to temperature or it's just the value itself is that it, you know, says it's a high theft risk. You want to track your actual cargo and you want to take control of that visibility. And then it's not only just knowing the location, but also what's going on. I want to know when doors open and I don't need to look at a screen. I don't need to be worrying about this, like like what Michael Caney said, automation's key. I just need to know when something's not right. And that's huge right now. The number of light alerts that we're seeing, you know, from our trackers are exposing actual thefts in progress in the moment so that we can take action and actually save that freight. So that's the redundancy you need, right? Filter out as many bad people as you can in the in the beginning. And then when you have those high value loads, know what's going on the whole time they're in transit. 
And when we're looking at that theft, Richie, I, I know you for quite a few years. I know you probably have some stats behind it. What, what, what do you? What's a what's a stat that you might have for some theft over the last year or so? I mean, the the fact that it's reports are saying it's up six hundred percent. Some and some people are saying it's even higher. I think a lot of people that are working in freight have felt that very acutely this year. Um, and it's just, it's, it's rampant. It's everywhere. Um, and so I think you want to take actions. You want to use the latest technology that's available, build redundancies in your systems. Um, understand that, you know, your overall system is only as strong as the weakest link. And uh, Michael, one of the things that we are kind of looking at is frequency is a big factor when you're looking at this redundancy aspect as well. Can you talk to how that kind of factors into everything? So we, we kind of think about two things, one being frequency, the other being severity, right? So what Richie's talking about, like when you, when you want to introduce an asset track, like a physical device, is when severity of loss is going to be really high. Think about your life sciences stuff, ammunition, explosives, temperature control, things that are going to be inspected by the FDA, like all those kinds of things, um, you, you cannot afford any kind of loss. So we, highway, we think of three design principles. One, you need to reduce the total surface area of risk, right? And that's where redundancy comes in. Like you need multiple solution, multiple inflection points so you can track. Two, you need to be the hardest target, right? So if you're working with a security solution like ours, if you're using devices like Tive, if you're working with vendors that are willing to partner and integrate, um, you're going to be the hardest target. Like send them somewhere else. And then the third is there's good guys and bad guys. There's sheep and goats. You have to be able to thin and, and kind of cull the herd, so to speak, and separate those things. And the important thing is sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't know if someone is good or bad or if they're going to break bad. And in the absence of knowing 100% sure, you need to put safeguards in place that, that, that force a driver or a carrier to, to be transparent about their physical location and connectivity. Like you have to force them into that transparency in the absence of knowing. I don't know if it, there he goes. One thing just to add on to that real quick is it's not just theft. Think about how often right now uh, drivers may be turning their reefer unit from continuous to automatic or turning it off altogether to save a little bit of money on fuel. Think about how often transloading, kind of nefarious transloading is happening where there's empty space in the back of a full truckload. Let's just pick up this LTL load under the table and they're not considering if there's off-gassing that could be compromising the freight that's already on board. These are things that are happening all the time that aren't outright theft, but are very real security concerns as well. Yeah, I think you make another good point, which is like anytime there's an economic incentive for someone to do the bad thing, you're always going to have risk potential. And Richie, one of the things that you and I talked about um, when we were preparing for this is that if you can't eliminate 100% of all risk and bad acts, and you get as close to the, the point of intervention as possible, right? So like one of the, the, the network effect things that we think about is because of the way that we evaluate um, the way motor carriers come into a broker's network, we're looking across hundreds of brokers and hundreds of motor carriers and evaluating their behavior. So like one of the things we watch for is like blitzes, like, like certain bad actors will try to mass attack a freight broker. You got to kind of know where that's coming from. Same thing with your with your device. Like if you can get as close to that light alert or that intervention, right? Like oftentimes recovery 
or loss mitigation is problematic because it's it's too far away. But by the time you know, you can't do anything about it. You can't recover the cargo. You can't get involved, right? It's so like I know Tyve has like he has a twenty four hour support. You're much more than a device business. You're a service business. And that's what I would encourage people to do. Like work with vendors that get you as close to the point of intervention as necessary. If you wait too long, it's over. Yeah, there's no such thing as utopia. And no one's going to be able to wipe everything off the, the map and say, oh, look at this. Everything's peachy. You know, like Tyve's not going to be able to go out there and eliminate all thieves. Like that's just not a thing that can happen. But what we can do is increase your overall awareness. And the same thing with Highway. If you can grow your awareness of what's happening, then you're equipped to take action a lot sooner. And that may help mitigate risk or catch things in some situations. And that can make a big difference. While we still have a little bit of time here, do you have a story for us? There's so many stories. Give us, give us one type story. So this is a story I'll be talking about um, just to plug it because I'm going to share it here in the demo uh, shortly. But we had a customer who got a light alert. Um, they went into our system, updated their tracker settings uh, to be every five minute pings, turn GPS location on and noticed that their truck was in the middle of a field. And they called us and they said, is, is this accurate? Is this real? Like, why would, why would our, why is this tracker in a field? And then there's full light and it's at nighttime. Um, and we said, yeah, this is a problem. You should call the cops. They hung up, called law enforcement. The cops showed up. There were two trucks in the field with trailers bumped up against each other. By the time the police showed up, they're about halfway unloading one into the other. $500,000 of electronics. We recovered everything. And customers are incredibly happy and caught the bad guys. And it was, it was a happy story. It was a good ending. We're seeing stuff like that almost weekly. So when you say share a story, it's which one? I mean, and I'm sure those kind of testimonials speak for themselves when you're looking at what type of redundancy to build. And I know we're closing out here. So, Jim, I have to ask, Michael, what are going to be some ways that people can reach out to you, learn more about Highway, get more information? Um, we're in a booth down the hall. And uh, if you look for the Triumph Pay LEDs, we're next to the Triumph Pay LEDs because I need to buy LEDs. Um, Michael at GoHighway.com, info at GoHighway.com. It's really easy when you're a startup. It's just first name at GoHighway. So just pick somebody and email us. It'll be really easy. Or you can find the, the person with the best hair and freight, Reed Clements, and he'll talk to you. But you're gonna, I, I know it definitely wasn't me um, with the best hair. You had great hair at some point, I'm sure. Eyebrows are okay. The eyebrows are okay. Richie, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about Tive? Yeah, our booth is down the hallway by the puppies. So if you see the dogs, we're right across from the dogs uh, uh, out towards the, the front doors over there. And tive.com, richie.daigle at tive.com is my email. But uh, yeah, come check us out. Happy to have a conversation and learn more. Awesome. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony.